Hey, Armstrong and Getty here. And the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. Speaking of football, by the way, the college football announcer uh, quitting in the middle of his I mean, like, he's in prime. I get to do this the rest of my life. I'm 40-something right. age. Well, there ain't nobody in that business who it's not their dream job. Right. I mean, that's every every young man who's a fan who can't play, you know, would like to be an announcer or something. And he quit because he can't, he can't, he just, his conscience won't allow him to watch these people bash their heads into each other and, and act like it's not a thing. Part of me wishes I'd gotten into doing baseball, because I love baseball, and I love telling anecdotes, you know. It reminds me of the time back in 1978 when Orlando Cepeda said to, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that, that's the pace of the game. Two, and oh. <laughs> two balls, no strikes. And, that's and who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? Who, Vin? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway, 0-2. Oh there you go. That's socialism for you. Here's the pitch. Wind starting to blow out to left field. Boy, look at those flags. They're really flapping. They sure are. That sort of thing. <laughs> I could I could do that. <laughs> um uh so speaking of football, and this is not a uh this is not You want to hear my home run call? Yeah. That one's hit hard, deep, deep to left center. What the F just happened? <laughs> it's a home run. It's very modern. I like it. Thank you. That one over the fence and counts as a single run. That would be my home run. <laughs> he will be awarded home plate. And what is yours, Sean? Oh, just like Mama's milkshake. Absolutely. So uh, Tucker Carlson had this guy on from the NAACP the other night on Fox. I've really been, obviously, I've quoted him like three times in the last two days. I've been getting into Tucker Carlson's show. Yeah. I'm really liking it. I enjoy it. Yeah. He's uh, not getting the ratings O'Reilly got, but... Anyway, I had this guy from the NAACP on the other night, um, vice president of the Atlanta chapter, wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey and claiming that it's racism in the NFL that is keeping Colin Kaepernick from having a job and that he's trying to start a movement that the players will not play when the season starts. Wow. Because of the racism being exhibited by Colin Kaepernick having a job. This came out of, I think you were gone last week. Hmm. There is this, this, this got floated around. I think it was leaked because it was an internal NFL conversation, but they, uh, they surveyed um, uh, general managers, owners, and that stuff like that, ranking the best quarterbacks, and Colin Kaepernick ranked 17th, even though there are 32 starters. Wow. He, they had him ranked 17th best quarterback, yet he doesn't have a job. And so this NAACP 
guy said, well, then you can only come up with one reason. It's racism. And Tucker Carlson's argument, of course, was the league is 75% black. The guy we're talking about signed a $125 million contract a couple of years ago. Kind of argues that maybe it's not racism. Yeah, I suppose. I, I find that whole story kind of fishy, honestly. Which story is that? The poll, the ranking, the rest of it. You know, he's a divisive political figure. Well, yeah, he's I've, a lightning rod for anger, and 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 it's an entertainment business. Yeah, but but I think with, that's long with, and short. Without that, he'd have a job. You you would oh, yeah. agree with that, right? Oh yeah, he'd. Uh, I'm yeah, absolutely. I clearly. think he might even he start would at somewhere. Least, he would at least be carrying a clipboard, uh, which is generally a reference if you're not a football fan to like the third string quarterback. Um, he's perfect. That that's a no brainer. He would certainly be a backup. He might be a starter. Yeah, he seems for like a the, bad team. Yeah, he seems like the perfect starter for a bad team where you're having trouble with ticket sales. Right. And you see, you see he went to a Super Bowl, and you, mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing. Yeah, but he's a lightning rod for anger right now, and you're running an entertainment company. That, that, you, it's as simple as that. Yeah, you don't have to be racist to think, I don't want the distraction of this. It's the reason oh, hey, Tim hey, Tebow can't get a job a lot of places is they just don't want to deal with the circus. What circus? The media circus of Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he goes, there's a media circus because of the whole Christian thing. Everywhere. Which is... Insane. Well, um, it's not fair, but it's it's the reason he doesn't get some job. I think a better comparison might be uh, that Yehu. Uh, what was the pitcher's name? Uh, he he played for Atlanta. Uh, he's got a funny name. Uh, oh da, yeah, da, 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 the reliever. Yeah. yeah, Mike Hammer or Johnny Thunder. Or what's his name? I can't remember. Um, but he made a couple of Yehu. Oh, Rocker, John Rocker. John Rocker. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he made some sort of Yehu borderline dumbass racist or something comments, and he could not get a gig because he was a divisive, angering, polarizing political figure, a lightning rod for anger. And he was a white guy, right? Yeah, he was. He was like extra white. <laughs> hmm. That'd be something if the if but, but it doesn't make any difference. If it's right <laughs> or wrong. If there are enough black players who agree with this NAACP guy who would say, you know, I'm not playing in a league that is too racist to allow Colin Kaepernick to play, you'd have an, you'd have an interesting situation on your hands. Yeah, you know what's you know what I think Colin Kaepernick ought to do because I know he and his people. I can I don't know, but I, I have uh, computed, I have uh, deducted that he and his peeps are saying, look, we got to keep a low profile. We just got to, you know, lower the heat, lower the voice, et cetera, and let people just recognize you as a football player, your skills, you will get a job, and he should have a job in the league. Uh, part of me part of me thinks he ought to be doing almost, almost the opposite, not hammering the whole uh, kneeling during the anthem thing, but saying, all right, look, I really believed in this. I made a statement because I thought it was important. You know what I'm doing with my time right now, and this is true, I'm making big donations, and I'm gaining big donations for this organization, this organization, and this organization that help young black men find their way in life, or black kids, or whatever, blah, 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 blah. That's me. All right, listen. Uh, I offended some of you. I apologize for that. I would be delighted to talk to you about the issue, uh, but I'm a football player. I kind of like to play football. I think if he gave that press conference in more or less that way, he would probably have a job within a week. I just, I, I think he's being ill-served by his people. But sports has such a history of racism that sports leagues and sports people and sports announcers, who generally are kind of simpletons on sociological issues, they, they've read the first paragraph of a newspaper article, and they're really, they're not into it. They have no idea how to act. And so they do dumb stuff. 
or like overly virtue signaling stuff or what have you. And I, I think Colin Kaepernick's people are, are being a little overly cautious right now. He's, I think he's, I think he's kind of a dope about some of these things. I think he's under the sway of his hot, hot act of his girlfriend. I think he's made some bad decisions. But I also think he's a pretty nice young man. And I think his, well, I don't think, I'm 100% certain his his intentions are good. And I think the more he shows that, the better shape he'd be in. I think if I had, he collected 40 on that one contract, so I'm guessing he's got somewhere around $50 million. I think if I had $50 million, I'd do whatever I wanted. I'd just do whatever I wanted on a day-by-day basis. Has he got that in the bank? I wonder. Only if he spent half of it, he's got $25 million. So you're thinking, you're suggesting you say to hell with y'all and then go start the second chapter of his life? I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about whether or not this is the best thing for my future in the NFL or not. I'd just do whatever I wanted. You think maybe you ought to open up a store called Capper Knickknacks with, uh, like, gifts? Yeah. Tchotchkes and maybe I, greeting cards? I suppose that's one option, yeah. <laughs> How about, like... Uh, oh, oh, good. More options. <laughs> How about Capper Jersey? And it'll be a sports uh, store where you can buy hats and sports jerseys and stuff like that. That is some hair he's got going currently, I'll tell you that. Is he still rocking the fro? Oh, yeah, bigger than ever. Yeah. Bigger your fro, the more you know. There you go. Absolutely. Rocket Sea Cap, I think he'd come back if he wants to. Right. That's I, what I'm saying. He might not care. I'd see, it's, and, 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 and Colin Kaepernick's a good example of how... Uh, angry and energized everybody is because I'm with y'all who disagreed with the players protesting during the national anthem. I agree with you. I think it's divisive. I think it's inappropriate. I think the message is lost. It seems to be rejecting the ideals of the country as opposed to blah, blah, blah. I just, it's tiresome. It's, it's football. It's entertainment. I just want to watch a football game, please. I agree with you people. On the other hand, I don't hate Colin Kaepernick for it. I'm not angry at him. I'm not going to scream at him if I see him walking down the street. I might want to uh, chat with him about our disagreement, but it's okay. The guy's a football player. Let him play football. Why is everybody so freaking angry at each other? Mm. Makes me want to kill you. <laughs> um, what's the most... I just thought of this this morning. I'll work this in some point. Because I've, I've heard it several times in the last couple of days. What's the... The worst common expression people say on a regular basis? <laughs> the I worst can't... in terms of being like... Distasteful? I yeah, or? I can't believe people say it on a regular basis. Mm. And we just throw it around. Like, How about Colin Cleanser Kaepernick? And he'd give, like, uh, colonics, enemas. It'd be a clinic. Because they have those. To clean you out, you know, the toxins and all. Kaepernick napkins. No, mine are better. <laughs> like Con- decorative napkins? like Sanitary. Oh, jeez, oh, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. Now, I was thinking, you know, how, like, you got Christmas napkins, Thanksgiving napkins, you got, like, Easter, summer, you got red, white, and blue. Darcy would probably sit down if you had those on your table, wouldn't he? <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're with your children. We've heard of stories of, of mothers trying to save their children from the rushing waters. Can you ex- tell us how you that was? Four feet of water to go get them food on the first date. Yeah, that's a lot of shit. But y'all sit here, y'all trying to interview people during their worst times. Like, that's not the smartest thing to do. Like, people Sorry. are really breaking down, and y'all sitting here with cameras and microphones trying to ask us what the 
fuck is wrong with us? So I'm so sorry. Are you sorry, really man. trying to understand with the microphone still in my face? Sorry. With me shivering cold, with my kids wet, and you still putting a microphone sorry, in man. my face? Sorry. Rosa Flores, uh, it sounds like you've got a very upset family there. Uh, we're going to take a break uh, from that, uh, and we'll get back to you later on. I got a lot of attention. It's, you know, I don't know where the line is or when you cross the line or how to handle it, but there there is a lot of that in the reporting of these kind of stories where you think, are you just trying to exploit somebody who's looking for the most miserable person you can find and exploit them? Yes, <laughs> or, yes, that's or, exactly what's happening. Or are you trying to report a news story that has some value to the, to the populace? Paul Fari is the media reporter for the Washington Post. Always an enjoyable chat with Paul. How are you, sir? Welcome. Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. So listen, absolutely worth helping people understand. It's really, really tough on these folks. But uh, what do you think when you hear that tape, Paul? I liked that tape, and I'll tell you why. Um, It showed us something raw. It showed us something emotional. It showed us how people are suffering. Uh, This woman was clearly suffering. Listen, you know, you want to convey the emotion of the situation? That conveyed the emotion of the situation. Well, the emotion is, I can't believe the media is so intrusive. I mean, to some extent. That or also, I am distraught. I am distressed. This is a terrible situation. Uh, Is this the time to be talking with me? Um, I've lost everything. You know what? You related to that woman. You you felt for her. And... um, uh, you know, I, uh, listen, I think uh, coverage of this in all its various forms is, is ultimately for the good and ultimately will help this woman as well. Yeah, I could see that, uh, focusing the concern of Americans, et cetera. Um, I, I see, I don't, I don't know. I, I, there, it does need to be reported. It helps them in the long to report it. But if I'm there with my kids and I'm struggling, I'm barely making it, somebody's got a camera in my face, what's it like? F you, get the F out of my way is how it's yeah. like. And, well, and I, I don't I, understand, you know, kind of your angle of it's good. It's good that we're getting a chance for them to emote. I don't I don't quite see it that way. OK, but you have to what we don't know about that episode is what were the preliminaries? How did the reporter approach the, the woman? Did she say, I'm going to poke a camera in your face and you're going to just going to talk? Or was there some kind of setup, which is, hey, we'd like to find out about your experience. Would you mind coming on television and talking about it? And then she turned on them. I don't know. There is a difference. I'm guessing from her reaction that it was more of the they just grabbed somebody who was miserable and got a camera in their face. But I don't know. Or she's a great media critic is is all I can tell you is, you know, she she took the opportunity to to beat up on the media, which, you know, it's fair enough. At least she didn't start a chant of CNN sucks. CNN sucks. (laughs) They're in the homeless shelter. Just 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 in general. Now I'm getting way far away from the Houston thing, but. Um, we didn't used to hear 911 calls all the time on the news. Um, we didn't see uh, we didn't see dead bodies near as much that sort of thing. And and it, it's become popular. Well, to, we certainly wouldn't see a picture of a dead child yeah, on the TV. It's been, become popular to show show people at the worst moments of their lives, um, and 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 air it for everybody's entertainment on some level. Sometimes it's difficult to understand the news value. You, you've got to admit there's been some sort of change along those lines, hasn't there? I'm not going to defend every depiction, every interview, every report. But 
okay, let's look at the wider picture here. It isn't just television. You've got social media. You've got YouTube. You've got all of these various forms uh, in which far, far worse is being show, shown. That's not a defense of what you know professional journalists should show, but it, it does give a context for it and a wider uh, context for it. By the way, we don't really see many dead bodies. That That is still a taboo on television. Uh, the only time you'll actually see dead bodies is when they're foreign people. You, you're not going to see too many Americans dead, and you're certainly not going to see dead American uh, service people. We don't show that. I was watching, uh, was it a week or two weeks ago, when the guy drove the uh, truck through that crowd in Spain? And I'm watching the Good Morning America, one of your morning shows up there on the networks. And there they're showing cell phone footage of people laying in the street where who looked to be dead. And it turned out they were dead. So, like yeah. you said, they were they foreign blurred people. They out the faces, right? No, I think no? It, was just, it was just footage of people laying there in the streets. You couldn't see their faces because a lot of them were face down. But I don't remember seeing dead bodies like that uh, years yeah. ago. Maybe I'm wrong. I- no, I, I do think the standards have changed. Uh, that is to say, we do show more, we do see more, um, but it, we're also seeing more on other sources. I think television is trying to compete with that. I, you could argue that that's not necessarily a great thing to compete with, but that is what they're up against. And, uh, you know, if if we don't show it kind of mentality, um, you know, you're going to find it someplace else. Uh, it doesn't justify it. I think some discretion is it should be applied. Paul Fari, media reporter of the Washington Post, is on the line. As you coming up through the uh, world of journalism, Paul, do you do you talk? Is there formal training? Is there a lot of ethics training? Do you talk uh, amongst each other a lot about approaching victims in the right and the wrong way? Yeah, sure. I mean, every reporter, you know, seems to have it beaten into them that you don't just go up to someone and uh, stick a microphone in their face, a camera in their face, uh, a a notepad and pen. You approach them and say, hey, would you mind? Can I talk with you? Do you have a second? I mean, it's basic human courtesy. I don't think it takes a lot of training. Uh, You just have to go and uh, approach people and not be a jerk about it. Um, You know, the classic is going up and knocking on people's doors after some tragedy has happened to a family, a murder, car accident, what have you. And most of the time, people will say, yes, I would like to tell you about my relative or my friend who has died, because it becomes a memorial to them. They want the world to know about them. And sometimes they'll say, no, I'm too distraught at this moment. I can't talk with you. And at that point, no one says, no, you, I have to talk to you right now. I insist. They say, fine, I'll go away when it's a better time. Let me give you a call or whatever. So, you know, we've had a lot of experience with this over the years. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I think standards vary from organization to organization. I, 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 have you again, ever I, seen TMZ, Paul? Yeah, <laughs> one, one, size does, one size does not fit all. I agree. Right. Yeah. But but for the most part, professional reporters understand there is a, a code of behavior that you should subscribe to. And I, I think most, most of the time we do. I hope we don't end up in a situation you're talking about earlier where the mainstream media feels like they got to compete against the Internet because that's a, that's a race to the bottom. Yeah, yeah it, certainly. So, no, Paul, I agree. Paul, another topic we've been uh, hitting on fairly frequently on the Armstrong and Getty show is that uh, we, I, w- w- we really like to take in all sorts of different media. And the other day I was uh, listening to two accounts of President Trump's speech in Texas, and there was absolutely no a- overlap between the coverage on Channel A and Channel B. They were describing two different speeches by two different people in two different places except that it was the same guy and the same speech. Um, and unless you took them both in, you missed 
you know, a good chunk of the story. Yeah. How do you, 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 I'm sure you've observed that. Does it bother you? What do you think about it? Well, no, I mean, you're getting multiple perspectives. I mean, you know, we're, we're not robots. So we, we all are individuals, make individual judgments. Uh, they don't always agree. And, you know. Uh, but they were deliberately designed with an ideological purpose in mind while being called news. One to make yeah, it look I, better I, and one to make it look worse. I, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. Uh, there is no question people come from it from a subjective standpoint. Uh, I can't justify it. But again, you make individual judgments as individuals. Uh, we're not a monolith. There's no such thing as the media. Uh, we're a, a bunch of people who bring our own experiences to it and our own judgment to it. Was there was there at a time something more like um, uh, trying to get the whole story out there, like Walter Cronkite or whoever, or am I living in fantasy land? You're not. You're but you're missing something. There was far less media. There were far fewer outlets. There were far different, stri- you know, far less variety of ways to look at this. Uh, now we have unlimited, and you can see all of them. Uh, they're easily accessible. Um, you know, uh, it, sometimes people are subjective, and sometimes people are biased and preju- prejudiced. I can't justify everything. But the fact is, is now you have multiple ways of seeing the same thing before you did not. Well, would you recommend then, as we do, I mean, that watching the news is a homework assignment now. You've got to take in, you've got to make the effort to take in multiple perspectives or you're not going to get the story. I think that's a good thing, too. I mean, you know, why, why should one source or three sources be the only way to understand events? Um, that's what we had, you know, a generation ago. Now we've got lots of different ways to understand it. You know, let, let a thousand flowers bloom. Paul Fari, media reporter, Washington Post. Uh, Paul, uh, always enjoy chatting with you. Thanks for the uh, the talk and thanks for the time. Likewise, guys. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you got it. Um, I just hmm, yeah, the whole uh, media bubble, though the whole confirmation bubble that people find themselves in. I think that's a natural human tendency. Mm. Um, I just there's a difference between having an ethical drive to illuminate the story the best you can, and I want to get all the conservatives. I want to get all the liberals. I want to get all the Trump haters to watch. I mean, those are two very different purposes as you go to work every morning. So seems pretty self-evident to me. It's a very, very different thing, and it's very different from having, quote-unquote, multiple perspectives. Although sometimes, you know, that is the result. You, you kind of, because the people who hate Trump and will never turn a kind word his way because that would offend their viewers... They will give you the negative side of what he said. Then you go over to the We Love Trump, and we're pandering to his friends and fans channel, and you'll say, oh, he did accomplish that. That's a good point. It's just a little time-consuming. Yeah, it is. It is time-consuming. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got the tale of two senators, one of California's most popular, now targeted by our own party, the other now a rising star. And it turns out first-time dads are getting older and older and older. What is going on with that? Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. To clarify your clever tease, uh, Diane Feinstein said something nice about Trump, and people did not like that. It was something <laughs> mildly, vaguely charitable. <laughs> and a firestorm has erupted! Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a reason that politicians are, uh, well, are the way they are, because in the current climate, if you show any weakness or uh, understanding 
for the other side whatsoever. You get killed by the base of your party. Yep. An example with Marsha Phillips. California Senator Dianne Feinstein's kind remarks about President Trump now have Democrats in an uproar and have left her scrambling to explain she really didn't mean what she told a San Francisco audience who sat there stunned by her remarks. Look, this man is going to be president most likely for the rest of this term. I just hope he has the ability to learn and to change. And if he does, he can be a good president. And that's my hope. Um, I have my own personal feelings about it. Yeah, I understand how you feel. I understand how you feel. That was enough. To concede that the guy can be a good president if he changes. Right. Which is a statement that, as it is, he's not... And you're upset. Why? Because any sign, as you said, any sign of the faltering of your hatred toward the other side is a sign of weakness. And she's unfortunately old enough to remember where you could have said that sort of thing and nobody would have blinked. Right. Because right, that's just the sort of thing a reasonable person right. would say. And that was enough to cause a number of Democrats to jump all over the senator with murmuring among some of them saying, that's it, Feinstein should not run for another term Well, next she year. shouldn't run for another term because she's 150 or 80 or whatever she is. She's either 150 or 180. (laughs) She's old as a hill. Meanwhile, Feinstein's fellow California Senator Kamala Harris is getting a lot of kudos from her Democratic base after announcing at a town hall meeting in Oakland she would co-sponsor a bill by Senator Bernie Sanders to expand Medicare to all Americans. I'll break some news. Um, I intend to co-sponsor the Medicaid for all bill. Because it's just the right thing to do. Mm. It's just the right thing to do. She is the the up-and-coming yeah. star of the Democratic Party, and Elizabeth Warren better watch out for her if Elizabeth Warren thinks she's the, uh, the hot thing. Bernie Sanders is too old, obviously, to continue on many years. But I think if you're, if you're on the R side, if you're on the R team, you got to be happy that the Elizabeth Warren wing is taking over the Bernie Sanders Our wing. Nasty feet. Because I, I don't think that's going to win a lot of national elections. No, no. Turns out dads in America are older than fathers forty years ago. The study by Stanford University shows the average a shock to no one <laughs> shows the average age of a father to a newborn baby nowadays is just under thirty-one years old. Back in 72, 1972, the average dad was twenty-seven years old. Number of dads over forties also doubled during the time period from four percent in seventy-two to nearly nine percent now. Both men and women obviously getting married later in life, families starting later in life, the matter of economics, careers, and a number of other factors. Wait, you, you also have to throw in living a lot longer. Yes. I mean, that's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're not there's gonna less be, urgency. You're not going to be dead when you're 63. On most the other likely. hand, there are aspects of the biology that haven't changed. Oh, sure. No doubt about it. So it's, uh, it's, not, a, uh, it's not a shift without repercussions. Yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of uh, societal... Um, uh, Financial, workforce, all kinds of stuff involved that's going to have to get worked out right. somehow, and I don't know how it's going to play out. Right. And, you know, if, if all things were equal, I mean, if human beings didn't age, well, I could really see the, the, the all the advantages to having a kid in your 40s or your 50s or, or whatever. It's, it's, it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways, except that we're biological creatures, and the clock is ticking in this way, and right. the, 
the joints are stiffening up in that way and the rest yeah, of it. You, uh, you, you tried to wrestle a five-year-old and a seven-year-old recently like I did? <laughs> it's not easy at my current age. I have a question because yeah. I'm I'm almost forty. Yeah, would would you guys say there's a an age where you shouldn't have a child? Essentially, oh, Larry, Larry would... King is clearly the age. <laughs> yeah, eighty is is too old. <laughs> right, okay. right. No, I wouldn't be that definitive. It, you know, no, absolutely not. I mean, it, it depends on the person. I think. I, I think, well, there are numbers that are definitely true. Seventies true. Yeah, I think sixties yeah. true. I, I don't think you should be having a child at age sixty. No, no. If it happens, you know, I wish you well. Certainly. But I, well, anyway. But no, I don't think you're anywhere near it, Vince. Is that what you're kind of asking tacitly? Yes. All right. All right. You know You know what? what It'll what? be more challenging in some ways than if you'd had your first kid when you were 27, like right. I did. Uh, you, you'll be better off in some ways. The part that's always left out of this discussion is just you just, when you're Inflation. older... Inflation. Inflation. That's right. <laughs> when you're older, you're just gonna, they're just going to get less time with you. Because you're going to die. I mean, so that's... <laughs> and you're going to get less time with them because you're going to die. Well, yeah, on the huh. other hand, though... Which is a real drag. On the other hand, though, if you're if you're older, your career your career's, you know, well uh, well established, and you're, you know, have more money, and you'll have more time for the kids, it would seem. It would seem like you'd make more time for the kids. Um, Too much time. I, I have found the idea that when your business becomes more successful, you have more free time. I found that to be a myth. Speaking for myself. I don't think you should have kids, Vince, but it's not because of your age. I mean just time because <laughs> That's you're helpful. time well, yeah. because you exist on planet Earth. Right. <laughs> that, that time. Right, okay. Like my dad turns eighty this weekend. He's okay. still around. I still talk to him about right. life events. I still enjoy doing it. Right. My kids won't be very old when I'm eighty. Because, on Earth. because I had kids late in life. You Jack see what I mean? 75 now, if you... Uh, <laughs> you know, All right, the yin and yang of older parenting. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show. The voice What I'm saying is West. someone who's done it, it's mostly yang. <laughs> it's mostly yang. yang. A lot of yang. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't overlook the yang. What do we got coming out? We call it the petering out. The petering out, yeah. It's where we just run out of steam and limp toward the finish line of the show. <laughs> One of my topics might be how I think our media reporter was from the WAPA was way too charitable toward TV news. It's a shallow money trench full of thieves and jackals. Echoing Hunter S. Thompson. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I agree. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. For Vincent, I'll be 40 in January. I have a 16-year-old and an 11-year-old and one on the way. Bang away, Vince, they said. Which is not very delicate. Will do. Bang away, Vince. Wow, that's, is that that's, what we've that's, become? That's what that person's become. Uh, so Coarse we, language, sir. Coarse. We talked about this earlier. We should hit it on again because it is the 12th. It's our 19th anniversary of being a talk show. The Armstrong and Getty Show is 19 years old today. It's a little surly. Thinks it knows everything. It's in good shape. Lives at home. Yeah. But not in college or right. trade school or anything. Right. Just lives at home. Thinks it knows everything. Claim, and doesn't claim, even have a job. Claims it doesn't smoke dope, but keeps, is red-eyed a lot. Keeps talking about traveling Europe in hostels and backpacking. Right. And how right. liberating that'll be. Taking a gap year. I'm not, listen, I'm not answering to the man. 
19 year old keeps saying. Oh boy. Um, so it was I don't tw- want your life, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the lights is paying for the couch you're sleeping on? That life? Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All you care about is money. Slam the door, and then that's that. Um, it's a very dysfunctional relationship our 19-year-old has. Uh, so it was 20 years ago, a year before we started our talk show, that Princess Diana died. And uh, it's, it's talking about here people remember they were. I actually do, and nobody cared less about Princess Diana than me. So mm. why do I remember where I was? I was shooting pool in a bar in Wairica, California. Wow. Really? Yeah. I don't have the slightest idea where I was. Good for I you. Was changing a diaper, probably. I'm embarrassed that I know because yeah. it's not something I care about. Now, I only want to say this not to be like snarky or cooler than anybody else or anything like that. I just think it should reflect the other point of view, which I happen to think is the majority view. Because all of the media today is USA Today, front page, Diana still reigns in our hearts. What? CBS News on the early show was just showing all the people weeping. Outside Kensington Palace with the flowers and interviewing people on the streets of New York with tears in their eyes. And I'm saying that's by far the minority opinion. I think that the vast majority of people are barely caring at all about the 20-year anniversary of Princess Diana dying. The reflection in the media is the exact opposite. Sure, of course. I think the vast majority of people are reacting by saying, oh my God, it's been 20 years, I'm getting old. At most. (laughs) Right. If there's any reaction at all, it's that. That was 20 years? God dang it, time flies. Is it? How many people, unprompted, have said something to the effect of, you know, Diana still reigns in my heart. (laughs) And how many people have said something, you know, she'll always be the princess to me. There have been like 1%. says here, USA Today, front page, 20 years after her death, Princess of Wales keeps a grip on America. I don't believe that's true. No. I think that is just... So why do they do it? That That's my question. Why does the TV news, the newspaper, the radio, why do they pretend that everybody feels this way when it's obviously just from my own real life experience, not even close to true? Well, you don't hang out with the right people. You think that's it? Do I they think so. do they hang out with people who actually cry about Princess Diana dying twenty years ago? I don't think so. I don't no. think so I just, either. I just think it's the pack mentality of the media, and it's just that is completely non controversial. It's like we found out by talking to Cheryl Atkinson. That's why weather's such a big deal right now because you don't get pushback. Nobody gets angry about you know you're reporting the weather. This is just it's flaccid, ridiculous, puffery you know uh, puff piece news. Why Simple, not? easy content. But right. I want to make sure I'm not just too cynical to whatever, because I really think I'm right. So they're showing the people crying out there. I think my Currently? Thought, currently, yes. All right. You, I think, you got a soft head. Well, that's what I think. Right. And, and nobody on the TV anchor desk ever comes back and says, boy, that's kind of sad, isn't it, Jane, that that woman who's 45 years old is crying because Princess Diana died 20 years ago? It just it makes you wonder about her life, doesn't it, Jane? Because I think that's a what most of a century later, she's still crying over a celebrity who she didn't know. <sighs> yeah, I just I don't understand why we pretend these things yeah, as, a, as a country, as a world. Because well, softheads buy Tide detergent. They watch but, morning TV. But that doesn't make sense. If most of us are the other... Well, their other, clothes are dirty. they got to clean them somehow. What do if, you mean it doesn't make if sense? If most of us are the other, wouldn't more of us buy newspapers that say, Princess Diana's death is being overblown? <laughs> wouldn't more of us buy that magazine? You're emotion shaming.
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll buy wow. your newspaper, Jack. You might as well have been one of those paparazzi that caused the crash. Oh. Wow. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Total lack of compassion. Here's our guest announcer. And now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. That's freaking me out. What is yeah. that? Yeah. What's that supposed to sound like? Is that some movie villain? Just scary. Batman or something? Scary. Uh, here's, Lucifer. here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Vincent, your final thought? Band name of the day goes to Jack Armstrong for the Overlooked Yangs, but bottom of the day goes to zoologist Joseph Getty yes! for imagine the difficulty sexually of a frog coupling with a hog. <laughs> The old frog and hog. Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts. Well, where I live, it's going to be like 112 degrees over the weekend, so I'm going over to my cousins to run through the sprinklers and uh, slide down the slip and slide. You're going to run through the sprinklers. Somebody's got to get a YouTube video of it. Oh, boy. All right. I will pay any price. Are you going to wear one of those old-timey bathing suits that go to the wrists <laughs> and the ankles? <laughs> the one piece. Yeah. But isn't that what you wear when you go yes, swimming? It yeah, is, actually. Okay. Yeah. And mysteriously, when you try to videotape Marshall, it's in black and white, no matter what you do. <laughs> Michelangelo, your final thought. Yeah, if your son or daughter has a good teacher, show them your appreciation by giving them a gift card to their favorite restaurant or a box of candy. Better yet, help out in the classroom. Allow the teacher some time to sneak a drink or two on the playground. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, positive Sean, your final thought. Hey, shout out to friend of the show, Mike Rowe. His new show, Returning the Favor, can be found on Facebook. There are good people in the world, and he's trying to find and highlight them. Beautiful. Jack, what is your final thought for us today? As I mentioned earlier, my dad turns 80 this weekend. I'm wow. hoping to get him on the program tomorrow for a long-form interview, which I've never done oh, with my father. Oh, cool. Ask him about uh, where he was born and what it was like. He grew up without electricity and plumbing when he was a little kid. What? Yeah, yeah. I know. People who live on the coasts can't believe that. But that's the way the middle of the country was. My final thought is having enjoyed a sandwich featuring the sweet menage a of bacon, lettuce, and tomato, I'd like to point out that the bread plays a key role, but you never mention bread in a sandwich because that's kind of in a sandwich. But the humble mayonnaise really deserves its moment in the spotlight as making the BLT. A BLT without mayonnaise is just not quite there. Did you just admit that you have to have bread for a sandwich? Because you've been saying a taco is a sandwich for quite a while. No, 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 no. All bread sandwiches are sandwiches, but not all sandwiches have bread. See you tomorrow. God bless America. (laughs) This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Hi-ho, it's Kermit the Frog here, and today is one of the biggest holidays in the swamp. And in honor of this wonderful occasion, I will now perform for you the traditional amphibian summer dance. Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.